Hello. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Keeping It Real. I'm Lewis Kerman. I have a podcast called Warren Upstage, but before that, I had a segment on the TV Warren variety program, The Spotlight, called Keeping It Real, where I reviewed new releases and made some recommendations of older titles, depending on the theme of that episode. Well, for this, our first installment of that segment in podcast form, I have a review for a new release, which is one of the most talked about films of 2022 so far. Now, behold. He's here. He's here. Mother! Father is here! The king, my lady. The king. Your fate is set, and you cannot escape it. The Northman stars Alexander Skarsgård of True Blood fame as Amleth, son and heir of a 10th century kingdom, when his father, King Arvindil, is betrayed and murdered by Amleth's uncle Fjolnir, who then takes Amleth's mother as his bride. And it is then that Amleth swears revenge. I will avenge you, father! I will save you, mother! I will kill you, Fiona! I will avenge you, father. I will save you, mother. I will kill you, Fiona. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, hey, this story sounds familiar, you are right. The Scandinavian legend of Amleth served as the basis for William Shakespeare's Hamlet. Director and co-writer Robert Eggers has become known for taking an interest in very specific historical periods and, as a result of some exhaustive research, has, over the course of just three feature films, managed to fashion some of the most audaciously original work in recent memory. With his debut feature, The Witch, it was the witchcraft panic in the new colonies that intrigued him. With The Lighthouse, he explored isolation and alcoholism against a backdrop of 19th century maritime New England. Both previous films displayed a, a level of attention to detail that make their viewing experiences utterly unique. Well, this also applies to The Northman. With a $90 million studio budget, Eggers and his creative team managed to maintain an art house sensibility. And from first frame to last, I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. This is a revenge film for cinema buffs, for literary hounds, and even the average moviegoer. Normally, I am not one who praises world building, but the production design alone here is immersive in the best way. With Nicole Kidman, Ethan Hawke, Anya Taylor-Joy, and Willem Dafoe rounding out the cast, this is a film that you'd want to watch on the largest screen available. Now, fair warning, this is a very violent picture. There are some pretty intense battle sequences where the victors claiming their spoils often do so by taking the surviving women and children of opposing tribes as slaves. This is a story of a past far more barbaric than our own present, so it certainly doesn't shy away from these crueler aspects. And with that being said, I'm gonna say this is probably gonna be one of the best movies I see this year. I'm gonna give The Northman a solid 9 out of 10. 
from the performances to the production, the fact that a studio was willing to take a gamble on a project like this, it gives me hope for the future of American movies. Since this episode is coming out close to May, I thought it would be a good opportunity to recommend some movies for Memorial Day watching. These aren't all going to be dour, bitter war stories, but, you know, they do require some reflection. I'll start with a title taking place during the Civil War. Now, I saw this one a lot on cable as an 8th grader, and it still gets to me today. The 1989 film Glory. A three-time Oscar winner, this stars Matthew Broderick as a 25-year-old Union officer who's been assigned to command an all-black regiment, the 54th Massachusetts Infantry. Leading a cast that includes Morgan Freeman, Andre Brower, Carrie Elwes, and Denzel Washington in his first Oscar-winning role, it's a fantastic viewing for anyone who wants to learn a part of American history that, frankly, more people should know about. Now let's move over to World War II and stay with the Oscar-winner category. I don't see this movie talked about very much uh, because there's not a lot of action in it, quite frankly. And this is because it's not really a war movie. The Best Years of Our Lives takes place after the war and focuses on three American officers adjusting to civilian life at home stateside. Issues like physical trauma, PTSD, and substance abuse are addressed in a very frank manner that may have surprised audiences back in 1946. Well, the Motion Picture Academy certainly took notice and gave the film seven Oscars, including Best Picture, Best Director for William Wyler, Best Actor to Frederick March, and Best Supporting Actor to Harold Russell, an actual war veteran, and the first non-professional to win an acting Oscar. After World War II, there's the Korean War. I thought it would be a good time to take a departure from serious work. Those who are listening, you probably have caught a, a rerun or two of the long-running TV show, MASH, but how many of you have actually seen the movie that inspired the show? Because it is arguably one of the funniest war movies I think you'll ever watch. Based on what many have already argued is an unimpressive book, the film stars Elliot Gould, Donald Sutherland, Sally Kellerman, and Robert Duvall, and it is two hours of madness. Hawkeye Pierce and Trapper John do their best to keep morale going with some fairly dark humor and some pranks that, I'll freely admit, haven't really aged well in light of the Me Too movement. Of course, I'm thinking of poor Hot Lips Houlihan, played by Sally Kellerman, who was nominated for an Oscar for her part. Directed by Robert Altman, this is nonetheless one of the most original and daring American movies to come out of the 1970s. At least the French thought so. It won the Palme d'Or at the Cannes Film Festival that year. Speaking of the 1970s, it's time to look at the Vietnam War. There have been plenty of movies covering the topic, and it would be easy to name some of the usual titles, but filmmaker Werner Herzog was so taken by the story of one Dieter Dangler, the German-American pilot who survived being shot down and then later captured by pro-Lao Liberation Army villagers, that he decided to make two films about this man's ordeal. The first was a documentary, Little Dieter Needs to Fly, but then he dramatizes the events in another feature, Rescue Dawn starring Christian Bale as Dieter. Shot on a fairly low budget in Thailand, Herzog's film doesn't dwell on the miseries of POW life. Otherwise, he couldn't have been able to get a PG-13 rating. Instead, the film emphasizes the ways in which Dieter remains resilient in the face of such cruelty. Jeremy Davies and Steve Zahn co-star as fellow prisoners, 
and the backdrop of the Thai wilderness reminds the viewer that there's no studio lot or soundstage anywhere on the screen. It's definitely worth spending two hours of your time, if you're so inclined. Well, so I think that's a pretty good list for now. So I hope you have a relaxing Memorial Day, and that's going to do it now for this first episode of Keeping It Real. I'm Lewis Kerman, and if you want to hear more of our podcast, be sure to check out mywarren.org. That's miwarren.org. Thanks for listening.